Good morning and welcome to worship at Grace United Church. My name is Sarah Brewer and I am delighted to be here in ministry with you this fall. As you all know, we are worshiping today in the midst of a global pandemic. We know that over the last two years, the COVID virus has resulted in more than four and a half million deaths. And so we continue to take precautions in an effort to keep ourselves and our community healthy. This means that those of us who are here in person today will keep our masks on. We won't be singing along to the hymns and we'll stay in our assigned seats until the usher indicates that we should leave at the end of the service. After the service, if the weather cooperates, we'll gather outside for a time of visiting and we ask you just to keep your mask on until you get to your car if you stay to visit. The reality of the pandemic also continues to affect the life of our congregation between services. The Gray Bruce Health Unit is still stating that employers must have employees work remotely whenever possible. So the church building is not yet open in the way we were before the pandemic. User groups are also still restricted to those deemed essential with COVID precautions in place for them, including the checking of vaccination status. In the midst of this in-between time, if you have an idea related to the life of the church, we would love to try and make it happen. Please contact any member of the reopening committee those are Pat, Bob, Don, Laura Lee, Adam, or myself for help ensuring that your idea meets the precautions that are in place at this time. As with every congregation that I know of, the pandemic has had an impact on our church finances. And we are going to hopefully in a minute hear a video from George, our treasurer here at Grace, but we'll get back to that. We know that along with the impact on the church, COVID has had a financial impact for many in our community. Income has been lost when people have had to isolate. Community resources that used to support struggling families have been postponed. Work hours have been reduced and jobs have been lost. In the midst of this, Food Banks Canada reports that the number of people relying on food banks has increased as a result of the pandemic. To assist with that reality in our community, Grace has a food drive underway. If you're coming to worship in person this month, you're invited to bring some non-perishable food items along with you. If you're not coming to worship in person, please contact the church office by phone or email to make arrangements for a time to drop off your donation. Hello everyone. Don and I hope you, your family and your friends are doing well during these uncertain times. I wanted to take a few minutes to bring you up to date with regards to our 2021 financial position. Since the beginning of the pandemic in March 2020, we have continued to keep all staff employed. Staff found ways to continue with their, their programs and keep everyone informed. We finished 2020 with a surplus of $13,000 with the help of the Government Wage Subsidy Program. As you are aware, during the first part of 2021, we went through numerous shutdowns with restrict, restricted use of our church for services, activities, rentals, and fundraising. 
weekly donations for church operations as well as mission and service have all been affected. We did have the benefit of receiving funds from the federal government under the wage subsidy program and we did qualify for most of the year. Unfortunately, income has not covered all our expenses and as of August 31st, 2021, we have a deficit of $14,000. At this time, we still do not have an indication as to when we can return to full use of our church. We are allowing some rentals and there are stringent COVID requirements in place. We can have in-person worship at this time, but with a 25% capacity. There's no socializing before the services begin and no singing permitted during the services. We can socialize outdoors after the service. However, this depends on the weather. With the current fourth wave, we don't yet know if we can continue meeting or will there be new restrictions. Time will tell. We will not qualify for any additional government financial assistance for the balance of 2021 and the current program ended on September 30th, 2021. We'll have to wait for the next parliament to convene to see if any new financial assistance programs will be put in place. At this time, we're looking for your financial assistance to help us reduce the current deficit as well as ensuring we do not have a deficit at the end of the year. Your donations between now and December 31st will help ensure that we can continue to offer high-quality ministerial and administrative services. Checks can be mailed to Grace United Church at 310 12th Street, Hanover, Ontario, N4N1V6, or can be dropped off at the church. E-transfers can be sent to graceuc at whiteman.ca or to treasurer at graceunitedhanover.ca. There is also a Donate to Grace button on our website at www.graceunitedhanover.ca. We thank you for your ongoing support for Grace United Church. God bless. So this leads us into our service for today on this World Food Sunday. Our thanks to the United Church of Canada who prepared this service for congregations to adapt and use this week. Each week we begin our time together with the acknowledgement that the land we gather on is part of Treaty 45 and a half. The traditional territory of the Ojibwe, the Anishinaabe, the Haudenosaunee, and the Métis people. We do this knowing that the church has not always respected the first peoples of this land. For me, this reality is personal. My maternal grandma and grandpa were missionaries among the indigenous people here in Canada. They worked for many years in northern Alberta, BC, up into the territories, and right here in Ontario, as close as Cape Croker Reserve. Following my grandpa's death in 1981, my family self-published his memoirs, in which there is a poem he wrote about 50 years ago now, the language in this poem is dated, yet I share it with you today as the direct observation of one missionary about the harms Christians had caused Indigenous people. He writes, Wide were the expanses over which they roamed, where they pitched their tents, there it was their home. By white man's values, their possessions were but few, but not being plagued by greed, their necessities would do. Their contentment was not in the abundance they possessed, 
but having the necessities of life, they deemed themselves blessed. From off the land God gave them, they did readily find sufficient for every need, in abundance of every kind. The rushing streams yielded them fish to eat. The forest and plain supplied them with meat. From the skins of animals, garments were made to wear, and no one suffered want, for their law was one of share. Unto such people the white man did come, and in the name of Christianity has taken from them the right to native custom, as well as liberty, leaving them destitute, often in want and poverty. From such people we have claimed their land. We have left them hopeless and destitute on every hand. And we have justified our actions with this our pious claim. To civilize, to Christianize was our holy aim. As I said, the language in this poem is dated. And one danger in sharing it with you today is that it might leave you thinking the harms were in the past, but we know that they are not. Still today, indigenous people experience many injustices, lack of clean water on some reserves, indigenous schools receiving less funding, indigenous people being harassed by police, indigenous women and children being murdered and going missing. So as we gather today for worship, we begin by acknowledging these injustices, past and present, and we recommit ourselves, settlers and indigenous people alike, to the work that lies before us to ensure a different future for this land, the water, the sky, the plants, the people, and the animals who will follow us here. May it be so. Amen. May the light of Christ shine brightly in our lives and all around us. Amen. We gather on sacred ground, on the rich earth that nourishes us, under the great awning of the sky that replenishes us, to once again listen to the voice that warms our hearts and says, come, follow me. Friends, in John chapter 4, verse 34, Jesus says, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to complete the work. Food is the source of our energy. What Jesus was saying is that the will of God energizes him to live out his mission. As we pray, we turn to God to replenish our sense of call and purpose. Let us pray together. God, the stories of our faith remind us that you are manna from heaven and water from rock. You are the miracle of the loaves and fish. You are our bread of life. In this time of worship, fill us up with your holy word. 
Energize us with your songs. Make us thankful, aware, and inspired. Thankful for the universe that feeds us, aware that food is a sacred gift given to all, and yet still withheld from many, and inspired enough to make a difference. May it be so. Amen. This week's Minute for Mission is titled Defining Love, a Manual Story. Have you ever stood in front of the pantry at 6 p.m. looking for dinner inspiration? For some of us, figuring out what to make for dinner is stressful. The truth is that if our family mealtime dilemma is wondering what to make, we are fortunate. We're fortunate because we aren't asking, will we eat? One in nine people around the world go to bed hungry each night. 191 million children under five years of age are malnourished. As a young child living in Kenya, Emmanuel Baya went to bed hungry more nights than he can count. Sadly, his parents died when he was young, and he worked hard just to survive. That's why his heart stirred when he saw children under the cashew trees near his property. He knew they were too busy looking for food to go to school. Most of the children who did not go to school were orphans. It saddened my heart so much that I decided to help, he explains. In 2008, Emmanuel opened the Magarini Children's Center. Today, over 287 children receive warm, healthy meals and education there. But Emmanuel decided he didn't want to just feed the children. He wanted to make sure they could one day feed themselves. So he enrolled in the Asian Rural Institute, otherwise known as the ARI, which your mission and service gifts support. There, he learned organic farming techniques. Long story short, he opened a demonstration farm next to the Children's Center. It's now a learning hub for seven surrounding communities. This is my definition of love, he says. Isn't Emmanuel's story amazing? And isn't it amazing that we have a part in it? Please join me in making a gift through Mission and Service this World Food Day. Our gifts help to feed, educate, and advocate for the most vulnerable here at home and around the world. Our support makes a life-changing difference through extraordinary leaders like Emmanuel, whose, whose lives define love every day. Our scripture for today is from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 13, reading verses 1 to 9. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. Such great crowds gathered around him that he got back into the boat and sat there, while the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, Listen, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path, 
and the birds came and ate them up. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil, and they sprang up quickly since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let anyone with ears listen. Farmer God, you scatter seeds of goodness in our lives through people, places, things, experiences, and stories. May the seed of this morning's Bible story find fertile soil in each of our hearts so that it might bring forth much fruit. Bless our hearing and my speaking that both, both might be a faithful reflection of your will for our lives. Amen. Do you know what it's like to put every ounce of ability and energy into something and have it flop miserably? Do you know what it's like to do your best and find that your best just isn't enough? Do you know what it's like to wait for something good in your life to grow and then wait and wait and wait? That day when Jesus was sitting in the boat in the middle of the sea, he was speaking to a worn out crowd that felt just like that. His followers had been working hard, really hard, to share the good news, but the message wasn't sinking in. There they were going from town to town sharing Jesus' life-saving message that justice is attainable, that there are key values like kindness and generosity, that if lived out collectively could save the world. Yet despite their important message, everywhere they went, they brushed up against people who were too preoccupied, too bored, too self-centered, or too stressed to listen. Each time a door slammed in their face, their discouragement ramped up. Surely it wasn't supposed to be like this. Even though Jesus was sitting in the middle of the sea, it's likely he could see into the very hearts of the it's like he could see into the very hearts of those gathered that day. And in his calm, reassuring voice, he told them stories to help them understand themselves and make sense of life. One of them was the parable of the sower. Some seed fell on the path and the birds will eat it up. Some will fall on rock and the sun will scorch it. Some will fall on thorns and be choked out. But some will fall on good soil and bear an unbelievable crop. 
The parable of the sower was a pep talk of sorts. It wasn't the kind you would hear in a locker room, though. It wasn't about how great Jesus' followers were or how they would succeed at every turn. It was realistic. Some of the work you do is going to feel like a waste of time. Some of it will be sabotaged. But keep going, because there will be success. Trust me. Live your mission. This, friends, is a millennia-old message we still need to hear, especially on World Food Sunday. Around the world, 690 million people will go to bed hungry tonight. Think about that. Rather than asking what will we eat for dinner, tonight 690 million people will ask, will we eat dinner? And they ask that question night after night after night. Hunger is so pervasive, you'd think that the whole earth was made of dust, that no crops could grow anywhere. Yet we know the problem isn't Mother Nature. The problem lies in the choices we make for her. Poverty, land grabbing, climate change, the commodification of food and water, conflict, political instability. The causes of hunger are so complex, so intertwined, so systemic, it's natural to wonder how you and I are really ever gonna make a difference. It's like we're standing on that shore right now along with Jesus' disciples, and there are problems as big as the sea itself in front of us. And even Jesus is sitting there admitting that addressing hunger isn't easy. He doesn't sugarcoat the outcome of our work. Some seeds just aren't going to grow. They won't land where we need them to or create the results we want. But he says some seeds will fall on good soil and the result will be phenomenal. So live your mission. Jesus got into that boat that day and rowed into the sea so that he could look at the whole crowd at once. So his voice would carry across the water to each and every one of them. So they would take his parable to heart and hear him say, live your mission. One of the ways we live our mission as a united church is by sharing what we have through our collective mission and service. As a united church, we endorse the principles of food sovereignty, the right of people to healthy and culturally appropriate food produced through ecologically sound and sustainable methods, and their right to define their own food and agricultural systems. We believe food is a sacred gift from God, manna from heaven. No one should go hungry. That's why from coast to coast to coast in Canada, 
Our generosity supports community kitchens and meal programs, food cupboards, shelters, job training programs, community gardens, and healthy food programs. Internationally, we send food in times of crisis, distribute seeds, fund agricultural training programs and micro lending programs, and support projects that help small-scale farmers access equipment they need, and in some instances, build infrastructure so they can transport their food to market. We work with partners like ACT Alliance and the Canadian Food Grains Bank to move beyond the charity model by helping to work towards long-term systemic change through respectful partnerships. It's true that we aren't going to solve all the problems in the world, but for some people, our support means the world. You might remember a story the United Church shared not long ago about a young Canadian named Jesse. When he was 12 years old, Jesse had a traumatic brain injury. His life changed instantly because his brain didn't function the way it once did. By the time he was 17, Jesse had been hospitalized 32 times. Through the ups and downs, his mother took care of him. She was his rock. And then sadly, three years ago, she died of cancer. Without his mother, Jesse's life spiraled out of control. Two years ago, he survived the painfully cold winter sleeping in a storage unit. Then he went to Stella's Circle, a mission and service partner where he was fed, received help to find a home, and is now completing a greenhouse technician college program. Today, Jesse is leading a new social enterprise that grows food for sale. This is what happens when seeds of generosity fall on good soil. Earlier in the service, we also heard about Emmanuel Baya, a farmer in Kenya who has started a farm that is feeding not only 287 children in his school, but people from seven neighboring villages as well. So friends, 690 million people may be going hungry tonight, but Jesse and Emmanuel and all the people in their communities that they support and the thousands of people that mission and service partners help won't be among them. That's because they are amazing people and they are supported by amazing people like you. This is what happens when we live our mission. Living God's mission is like planting seeds. Each seed contains the basic material needed to pull off a miracle. And what, like Jesus says, when they hit good dirt, miracles grow. So thank you for your mission and service. Thank you for taking Jesus' stories into your heart and letting them transform your life. Thank you for standing on the shorelines like the disciples have for millennia 
listening to the parable of the sower. Now, let's get to work planting seeds. May it be so. Amen. Let us pray. Creator God, bless the farmers, fishers, gatherers, hunters, migrant workers, all agricultural workers here in Canada and around the world. Bless those who transport, distribute, and prepare our food. Bless those pouring their heart and soul into fostering and protecting clean water, healthy soil, and biodiversity. Bless those advocating for safe, healthy, culturally appropriate food. Bless those challenging systems that treat food as a commodity rather than a sacred right. Bless those working hard to understand where their food comes from and to have a healthy relationship with it. Bless those who share what they can so that no one goes hungry. Bless the breakfast programs, community kitchens, shared gardens, food banks, and agricultural training programs we support in our community and through mission and service. Bless our home kitchens, our tables, and all who gather with us around them. Bless us as we bow our head in thanksgiving for your abundant grace. God of abundance, we pour out our prayers for the 690 million people around our world who will go to bed hungry tonight. We pray especially for those in our own communities, people whose needs are known to us or not known to us. Loving and beloved God, we offer as well the prayers of our hearts for those who are struggling in countless other ways. We remember loved ones who are sick or recovering from surgery, especially Dawn's mother. We remember many who are grieving the death of a loved one. We remember our children and youth especially those facing challenges in their lives. May your love and ours help to see them all through these challenging times. We ask this as people of faith, striving to follow the example of Jesus, who invited us to pray together, saying, Our Creator, in whom is heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.
God, the Holy Spirit, you are the restless wind of love that sweeps through the world. You blow where you will, breaking down barriers, stirring hearts to change, making all things possible. As we go out from here, tend within us restless desire for change, even change that seems impossible. Come, Spirit of God, sweep through our world, bringing great change. May the harvest of your goodness bring justice and hope, and for us transformation in our praying and our living, so all may share in the harvest of your blessing. We go in peace to love and serve our God. In the name of Christ. Amen. Mm -hmm.